0: Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Welcome, fleet community. We are back for another episode of the Straight Talk on Fleet. I'm Erin. You guys um, hopefully have seen the podcast. If not, my podcast is aimed at being your reliable and objective source of information for the fleet ecosystem. And I can do this because, one, I'm privileged to to do it. I learned from the fleet industry for a really long time, and I ran a big fleet for many years. So based on that experience, I know that fleet management is really hard, probably way harder than it needs to be. So what we do on the Straight Talk on Fleet is we break it down sort of fleet operations and safety leader style, and we focus on driver behavior, uh, compliance, getting more from our internal and external partners, and from our data. So with that said, today I'm super excited. We have Tommy Parker with us. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you. So great to have you. you. Tommy is the operations manager for many, many years. Um, at Fox Electric, and they are out of Arlington, Texas, and they are a customer uh, at IntelliShift. So Fox was established in 1960, and they built a solid reputation for reliability and performance as electrical contractors throughout the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So um, again, uh, welcome, Tommy. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. So first off, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Share with the audience a little bit about What makes you tick? And we'll start there.
1: Well, I've been an electrician since in the 90s. I became a master electrician in 99, Uh, right about the same time I came to work for Fox. And I was hired in to help improve their service division. And within about two weeks, I sat it down to fill in for the service division manager uh, while he was out. And I never left that chair. And really worked and focused on growing and developing a good, solid electrical service division to service our customers. And over the years, just assumed a lot of other roles here at Fox Electric. And then as time went on, uh, it evolved into where I am now as the operations manager for the entire company of, of all of our divisions. And that that's kind of how I got to where I am at. Been here almost 25 years. It's a fantastic place to call home and the place I want to retire from. But.
0: I love that. I was talking to Tommy earlier, folks, and I was telling him that today's my dad's birthday. And my dad is a master electrician. So I grew up um, all around this type of, of business. And I always found it really interesting. And what's funny is I always did my science fair projects around electri- around electricity, something in that that realm. So Uh, great industry. We love serving um, the electrical industry at IntelliShift. So um, we look forward to hearing a little bit more about that. So you shared a little bit about your background and sort of how you got into that role. It's interesting that, you know, you worked your way up and started out as an electrician. I mean, you probably didn't expect that you'd be where you are today. So talk about like leadership. What's rewarding for you uh, serving as a leader In your company?
1: The biggest thing I would say that's rewarding for me is to be able to see our employees at at any level be successful, watching them grow and learn and become the licensed professionals that electricians are and gain that understanding. But, you know, I, I love to see their success. I love to see them grow, learn, adapt, develop that initiative to do more, be more, want more, and Allowing us at Fox to help them achieve those goals. That's I love to see how they can succeed. That's that's what really makes me tick.
0: That's wonderful. I love that. Over the years, I've been fortunate enough to have some good mentors in my career, and they really helped shape me as a person and as a leader. Anybody in your head that sort of sticks out that's been a great mentor to you all these oh. years.
1: Without a doubt, hands down, uh, the owner of Fox Electric by Shahan, been a huge mentor, you know, good, solid friend of mine, you know, from, from day one and uh, actually sat down at one point in time with him and questioned, you know, what he thought my goal was or my future was at Fox Electric. And he simply asked me, he said, well, what do you see it as? And I, and I laid it out to him. I said, I want to be mentored by you to actually take reins of, take the reins of this company and run it for you. I want to see you retire and, and continue to watch this business be successful. And that's exactly what's happened. And so without a doubt, he has been the biggest mentor uh, for me to achieve where we're at now, where I'm at and where this business is at.
0: That, that's awesome. It's great. Uh, leadership is just the most critical aspect of business. That's why I love Intellishift. I feel like we are a family, and I just feel like valued and seen and heard um, at at Intellishift. So that's just a gift that you've had him as a mentor and been able to work with him all these years. And I remember you telling me when we talked before that you know he's sort of. He's there, but he he comes in once in a blue moon. But he must yep. really trust you, so that's great.
1: Yeah, he you know he he drifts in and out. You never know sometimes when he's going to show up. But he you know we'll we'll see him at some point in time each week. You know maybe a half a day or so. He's he's here now. Where we got a lot of stuff to go over this afternoon. But he has over the years, he and, uh, and and everybody underneath him, me and down the line, have developed a team without the team that we have. To be able to put the trust and faith in these folks to do the job that they are hired to do, then we wouldn't be where we're at. You, know, you, you can't have your hands on everything. You have to have the faith and the trust in those folks to do it and achieve and, and give them the freedom to do it. And that's what we've done here.
0: Yeah, that's a great leadership lesson for those, yeah. those listening. It's just really, um, you know, making people feel empowered to do their yeah. job.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, and showing them that you have the faith and trust in them to do that. And, you know, in this day and time, uh, longevity is not necessarily in a lot of young folks' eyes when they hear how long somebody's been working somewhere. Uh, it, to me, it's an extremely impressive thing. We have uh, our purchasing agent uh, is uh, in his 40 ninth year here at Fox Lander. Uh, we have a lot of folks that have been here over 30 years, just an absolute slew that have been here over 20 years, 10 years and so forth and so on. So to me, that really speaks for your foundation, you know, uh, there's a reason why they're still here and why they don't want to go somewhere else. And it's because of the way we try to take care of them, you know, and help them grow, uh, provide, you know, obviously, you know, excellent benefits and, and a good package for them to help them be successful.
0: Yeah, that's great. I I see the synergies between your business and ours. I'm so we're privileged to do business with you guys. And I think that, you know, it's those things that connect organizations. You know, you just find someone who's a fit and it works. Um, That's great. So, you know, you you're wearing a few hats while you're leading the operations there. You're thinking about leadership and people and safety and efficiency and productivity and all those fun things that operations <laughs> manager is
1: going to do. Right.
0: Talk about like some of your top challenges that, that you're dealing with right now.
1: You know, I would say, uh, you know, it, it's a, one thing that's always a challenge. But here in the past couple of years, um, it, it's a challenge that we all face. And number one, and that's manpower, you know, having having the, the, the staff to do everything that we need done everything from our warehouse to internal staff here in the office our maintenance and for sure the electricians and the apprentices that are out there in the field and, and it's it's a nationwide problem it's not just our industry alone we try to hire folks 52 weeks out of the year you know it's just it's you know you can't ever seem to find enough and it's a big struggle it, it's That's our biggest struggle is, is manpower. We've got all all the things in place for them to be very happy to be here and be very successful here. But getting them here is a struggle just because every everybody is facing the same issue. So employees are in high demand and they're in short supply.
0: Yeah, yeah. which so it's that, baffles me. We could probably talk about that topic forever uh, and have yeah, our own yeah. sort of <laughs> viewpoint on <laughs> right. it. Right. It, it is. as It's crazy, but it's certainly an employee's market and trying to yeah. figure out, you know, they, they certainly are driving the bus. And it's hard because when you know you have a great place to work, it's yeah. just about if you can just get them there, you know that they're going to come and exactly. be happy. That, and that's, that's
1: what you got. If you'll just come see me, you'll agree <laughs> and you'll understand. And, you know, and beyond the manpower, some other struggles we have is obviously in the type of business we do. Um, whether it be, you know, construction of a new house, construction of a high-rise building or a warehouse, to a simple little service call is efficiency, you know, so you have to focus on your efficiency, um, because if you can't be efficient, then you're not going to be productive, and if you're not productive, then you're not going to be profitable, and then at the end of the day, then everybody struggles, so efficiency is always a key focus for us in the in the construction industry.
0: Yeah, and- and- and I talk about that a lot on my different podcasts in a number of ways. And, and I always seem to come back to, you know, whether we're talking about efficiency or, you know, um, doing what we need to be doing with our data and seeing the right things and making good decisions. I always come back to safety every single time because what I learned as a fleet manager is without, if you can't address safety as an organization, from a culture standpoint and from a technology standpoint, I don't know how you really gain maximum efficiency in the other areas like maintenance or, yeah. you know, fuel. I think if you build for safety, you, that's the right strategy because then everything else sort of falls into place. That's you're,
1: you're very I'm correct. On that. And getting that culture that I think that's a big struggle for uh, any industry out there not just the construction industry or the electrical industry. Uh, it's getting that culture, you know, thinking safety first, not safety third, you know, and, and just having it right there every time they step out of the truck, you know, um, hard hat on, safety glasses on, where it's just it, it's, it's your habit, it's what you do, and looking out for that. And, and that goes for, you know, obviously kind of where we're getting to is, is driving. You know, and getting to where we get because we're a mobile business. We have to get to where the customers are, whether it be the construction site or whatever. And where we live here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is it's it's a major metropolitan area, lots and lots of traffic. And our folks are on the road at the absolute worst times. So yeah. that having their head on a swivel while they're driving, paying attention and not being distracted by so many different things that could cause distraction that is a huge concern for us and that's that's kind of what's brought us to Intel Shift.
0: Okay, that's a that's a great toggle. Um you know, I know that it's tough to build culture of safety. I I've been there and it's really hard. And I think the other challenge is you know, helping drivers understand the why. Like why are we doing this? So when you and I talked, we had spoken about some challenges that you face. So let's dig in for a second. So you guys have come on board with telematics and AI video dash cams. I know that that wasn't easy. So first talk about, before we talk about driver adoption, which is like a lifelong um, journey, tell me about how you came to the point where you said, all right, we need to do something different and we need um, technology. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, you know, with our fleet, um, uh, which is uh, approximately 180 units and being on the road at the worst times, as I was describing, uh, heavy traffic uh, congestion there, uh, lots of stops, starts, going to multiple sites a day at times, leads to the exposure to vehicle incidents and trying to reduce those numbers. When we looked at our historical data of incidents that would happen over a year span and then trying to break them out from preventable to non-preventable and then looking at the preventable and that's a long list or could be at times yeah and trying to say okay well what do we do because having a safety pep talk sometimes they listen sometimes they don't we we had a pep talk one time that uh, our safety topic for that week was your pre-check you know before you get in the truck uh walk it Make sure everything's clear, and then if you're backing up, you know, with one of the, the lines in there, you know, making sure that you have everything clear behind you. Three minutes later, three minutes, the guys walk out of the safety room, through the warehouse, get in the truck, back right into an, another company vehicle. Three minutes, uh, at what we just talked about. So, so sometimes the, they're not picking up what you're putting down. So coming up with different ways to do that, and ways to have, make it into where it's just part of life. Like I said, getting on the hard hat and the safety glasses. So mm-hmm. is part of what brought us to IntelliShift because to me, the uh, telematics is a very, very good tool, but not like the cameras. The cameras where you can actually show the examples to the folks of what is going on. When they're distracted, what are they not seeing that's going on in front of them? Being able to show that was a huge tool, getting our, uh, so, you know, I, I really loved what I saw with IntelliShift. I interviewed a lot of folks uh, about it and I, and I liked the platform, the ease of use that everything looks like when they're showing it to you, how you can run your reports and you can get logged in and see everything you want to see so quick. So then I took that information and I presented it to my managers because, uh, number one, I've got to have their buy-in and their support. Absolutely. Ever trickle down. Because if 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 they're not going to accept it, how are you going to get the employees to accept it? And so I brought them into a lot of the meetings we had, whether it was a, a Zoom meeting or we actually got some folks flew down here from New York and met with me in the room next door here, and mm-hmm. which was phenomenal. And that really solidified that management buy-in, and and I, that's kind of how we got our foot in the door was was getting getting them to accept it and embrace it before we could go into getting the employees to do it.
0: I mean, then there's another leadership lesson right there. It's like this um, change management process. And yeah. I've done a whole podcast just on that, because if you kind of, you might know what you need and you know, might know why you need it. It's all in how you present it to the people who are actually going to use it and execute on it. Right. Then everything, um, because if you don't, get them engaged early on in the process while you're piloting or testing or looking at options. One, they're going to feel excluded. Exactly. Um, and then two, they're going to feel like this is something that you're pushing on them versus, Hey, you're part of this conversation. You're part of this decision. Is this something that's going to work for you and helping them understand what's in it for them? Because when you all are successful, like you have been, you know, this is their P&L, right? Their right. success. And, and we talked about workforce shortages. I mean, the quickest way to lose people is, you know, make them feel like they're not safe at work. I mean, do that once. And then yeah. not only are they going to leave, but they're going to tell people about that. You know, and yeah. I think this idea of um, safety in the workplace is so underrated when you're talking about employee retention. because. Yeah. I think culture of safety is an employee um, attraction and retention um, game changer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: I mean, it's just I think it's the number way one way. It's like putting your money where your mouth is. Saying we we care about you so much that we're going to invest in these tools and technologies to keep you safe because all we care about is that you can get to and from work, um, to and from the customers. And maybe be in better shape when you get home than when you started. That's kind of the goal, right?
1: Exactly. We we want them to go home every night and we want them to go home, like you said, in better shape we, in one piece with it, you know, and have had a good day with it without any incidents and and you know, back the next day. And it's it I think it's a trickle down effect. So if they get the skills and adapt those, the training knowledge and the atmosphere and the lifestyle at work, then it's going to trickle down to a, the way they drive in their own vehicle and, you know, get their spouse and children, whatever and they're teaching them to drive the same thing. You know, it's, it, it's, it can spread, you know, throughout their whole life. And, but you've got to get them to body in on it. You have to have that culture.
0: That that's a great point. It was interesting. I was um on LinkedIn a few weeks ago and the wife of a former technician for the company that I work for reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, I've, I've been watching your podcasts and I know you've moved on from Safe Light, but I just want to thank you for all the things that you and the fleet department did because I feel like I've seen my husband's van. I know the kind of tools and equipment that you put in there. And I feel like he has the right tools to do his job and get to and from work safely. And that makes me feel so good. And, you know, that was kind of the best thing that happened. Like I got that note and that made my whole week because, you know, it just goes to show that it's not just about the person that works for you. It's about their entire family and just making um, everyone know that it is about um, safety and it is about culture and so I I love um, this notion that you just shared, and I hope our audience homes in on this idea of it's this trickle down effect. It's it's about your employee, but it's also about helping um, create good driving habits and for generations.
1: Right, right. Just So it, it's, it's great like to a good electrician. You're you're improving the overall environment that we're in. You know, so we're we're helping every electrical contractor out there by every good electrician we produce and same thing if you're creating safe drivers and people that are safety conscious and everything they do that spreads
0: yeah because i think this horrible trend of accidents increasing even though we have better technology is all about distraction you oh, know and yeah. that's where the camera differs from the te- telematics is awesome it, it provides so much rich data you can predict when vehicles need you know, serviced. And when um, there's fuel fraud and just a million other things, you can use it for routing and efficiency. But I think that where you graduate from great data and efficiency is when you go to the dash cam, because that's when you can not only help your driver control their environment in the cab, but all the things that people are doing around them, the other motorists putting your driver in danger, this helps alert them to situations that they might not have seen or not seen soon enough to do something about. So right. it's it's yeah. just a game changer. The
1: the the video system, the, the dual camera system, to me, is just a huge eye opener. When you sit there and you watch your distracted driving reports and you pull those videos up and, and I'm just going to. So I'm doing this. I'm looking at my phone, and I'm looking up, and I'm looking at my phone, and I'm looking over here. All the stuff that goes on like that, and you're sitting there, and you're seeing them do that, and, and we all do it or, or have done it. We're guilty of it. But then you see the reverse side. You're seeing out the front of that vehicle as they're zooming down the road, and all the stuff that's happening in front of them while they do this, and then they do this, and they adjust that knob, and they, they turn and they chat like this. Whatever the case is, it's it's mind-blowing. And that's why we have rewritten uh, a lot of our policies that are going into effect January 1. And the the big one is getting a very well-defined distracted driving policy into our company handbook. And and it's it's going to the printers today. So we have everything ready for actually January 3rd when we come back to work uh, because it's huge. And...
0: Yeah, you you told me you found that loophole yeah. because yeah. it was it's more about it's more than just whatever the state and local laws are. It's yeah. it's about having it written in a way so that everybody's uber clear on the best way to keep them safe and what you will and won't tolerate.
1: Right. Yeah. And and we are you know are easing into every bit of it. You know, it's we're not going to put this policy in place, and, and we're already working towards getting everybody where. But it's not like on um, January third you're going to just start dropping the hammer on everybody because nobody's responsible on that but you can start educating them consolidating your groups which is a cool thing about intellishift that we could get way into this but uh being able to document everything on there when when you have a we'll say an offender somebody that's that's constantly driving distracted they're texting whatever if you really wanted to be firm right off the bat yeah you could you could terminate them or whatever, but you haven't saved yourself anything because you can't replace them with another employee. But you can educate them, and you can get those groups together, and you can document all your training on shift so you have that backup, and you can get them in as a group, so they don't feel like you're singling out just one person. You know, bring in several of them. Say, look, you know, let's watch some videos. You know, here's what happens when we have distracted driver. Look at us a couple of these samples,
0: and educate
1: them. Without having to single out that one individual where he thinks that you're picking on him, and they walk away from there with I think a broader spectrum of what's going on. To me, when I started watching these, and y'all notice it when you're going down the road, somebody on their phone or whatever. But now I'm constantly saying, "Look at that! Look at that! Look! At, look at what this car's doing! Look at what this uh, guy's doing here! You know, driving a." a Tractor trailer hauling fuel down the road, and he's got his phone up and he's just da, 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 not paying attention to anything. And you, it really blows your mind what goes on that we have all become oblivious to, and we've all been guilty of it.
0: I love the word oblivious because this type of tech helps rechain your mind to yes. what you've been numb to because it's yes. just commonplace now. Um, so for people that are listening, there's so many great nuggets and all the things that Tommy's talked about so far, but this idea of adoption, I love the idea that you guys are pulling the guys in, Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: that is, that is one great way to increase buy-in, right. And to drive home, um, that coaching, which follows, you know, the videos and the events and, and the trends that you're seeing, um, And not singling people out and making them feel like, hey, we're on this together and we're we're going to be on this path. We want you on this path with us. And it's all about, you know, you getting home every day safe. That's a good approach. So, good so, yeah, hopefully our listeners are, are picking up on some good uh, pointers. Now, one thing that, um, you know, I heard you say is just, yeah, it's hard to get that buy in, but you're moving the needle. So I remember you telling me and just tell me if this is right or wrong. My memory, in the first half of this year, you had somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 20 accidents.
1: It, yeah, think- it was close to that. So it was almost, uh, it was about uh, 20, 22% of our fleet. If you took the number of incidents that we had in that first quarter, we had some kind of a vehicle incident, whether it was uh, somebody rear-ending us or somebody sideswiped a bollard just things that involve our vehicles that could have been prevented. And out of that percentage, um, that number there, 75% of them were preventable, in my opinion. And, and that, that it, was kind of what really drove, to me, drove things home toward, you know, I, I I met with, you know, our folks here and said, we are moving forward. We have to do something. And uh, and then uh, it, it really opened folks' eyes. And since then, um, even though we've just been very very easily integrating into how we're using and applying a tail shift to the, the folks in the field we've seen that number drop significantly already uh, so we've we've seen a, a great reduction in that uh, you know knock on wood I don't want to speak too loud because some the next thing that happened could be you know somebody <laughs> called me come me they they're you know they were involved in an incident but that that's been huge, and you know the other thing that comes with that, and this 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 goes for anybody out there is you implement something like this and you start dropping those numbers, you know you're gonna you should if you don't see it then you need to ask for it and that's a a, a discount on your insurance. because yeah, I remember
0: uh, you saying your insurance company actually said, "Hey, let's let's get into something here." I think we're hearing a lot um, at IntelliShip when we talk to customers. And we talked and I talked to people out in the industry because I'm out right. there all the time. This is more prevalent. Insurance companies are going to fleets and saying, we need you to implement yeah. something in your fleet yeah. if you don't have it already.
1: And it's been mentioned several times in the past and we've we've kind of pushed away from it probably because we didn't educate ourselves well enough at times on it. I would, I, I would maybe that's not the correct way to say it, but we didn't want to be thought of by our employees as big brother, you know, trying to. You know, watch everything they're doing, and track everything they're doing, and but our insurance company was like, you know, guys, y'all, you know, really need to kind of consider doing something like this. And we used, uh, I'm dropping the name out there, but we use Travelers, and uh, we have excellent support with Travelers. And our liaison was actually in a uh, an industry before where uh, they used telematics, uh, but they did not have the cameras back then, and when I brought him in and showed him what we were doing what I was seeing and, and applying with Intelsha he was mind-blowing like <laughs> this is this is awesome this is amazing he went to bat for us at our renewal and at our renewal time we were just installing Intel we actually you know when we're sitting down with our folks here renewing our policy over in our mechanic shop they were installing units and they were so impressed with how we were moving forward we got a discount right up front. And, wow, and we that's could amazing. Have, you know, We could see a significant one, you know, if things should continue on when we renew again.
0: That's fantastic. And and you know, and it's just to see the results. I know you, you had 20-ish accidents. And I think in the second half of the year, we're almost wrapping up. So six months of implementing this type of tech. Now quote, I'm gonna quote you again if I I think you said you guys have had only one or two incidents.
1: I think it may be three i am I'm, I'm trying I, I know for sure two but it, it may be three we had because we had one just the other day uh we were not at fault it's good <laughs> actually the two we had we were not at fault one of them uh, the, was uh caught on camera because it was a it was a front end collision where somebody pulled out and uh, and we actually gave IntelliShift the rights to use that video to show because you could see this car coming off of side street. And he's just hammering down and he doesn't stop. He comes around behind a parked 18 wheeler right in front of us. T-bone, boom. Nothing we could do. Uh luckily nobody was hurt. Uh, but it's great footage. It's it's great footage to you know to help drivers be aware and, and understand, you know, what can happen that quick.
0: Well, in the and I think in this type of situation, we know commercial fleets are targets, and yeah. this person could say. I didn't, you know, it was it was him and yep. or it was her, and I think this notion of being able to exonerate your drivers is another kind of underrated thing as as it relates to AI video dash cams,
1: right? Right. When when they tell you, hey, I, it's not my fault, it's not my fault, but yet you don't have the proof, and and sometimes it's hard to to make that judgment, especially if you're talking about a rear end collision, or yeah, and you know, in in Texas. Uh, you know, it's it's instantly looked at as failure to control. And now you're seeing and you're hearing of where this stuff's getting overturned and changed just by having that footage, being able to show that this driver was doing everything he could do. Yes. Without a doubt. And this person did this and this. And, and so, yeah, we're seeing that overturned. And, you know, the, the thing you got to remember by training your drivers too, is it, it, it could backfire on you just as well if your driver wasn't doing what he was supposed to do and that happened and they see you got a camera and stuff, but that's where your training comes in and you're educating your drivers. Uh, but it, I, I see it as a huge asset to help protect you, especially when you're talking targeting. Uh, you're a rolling billboard and they see dollar signs. And Absolutely. so if you can help prevent some of that, then that's great.
0: I love it. I mean, we, we've talked about, Protecting our drivers, protecting our our, our reputation as an organization, um, being able to exonerate drivers, and and a great reduction in accidents. And I, I love all that. And there's so we could talk about safety for the rest of our life. Hopefully, we we do that. But I think too, there's like so many other things that we can do with the data that yes. we get from telematics and AI video dash cams, coupled with you know. Your inspection data from your drivers. So, you know, what what are you thinking about as like the next big thing as you think about using your tech stack outside of safety? The most important thing, but um, outside of safety, what what are you guys um, aiming for in the in the new year coming up?
1: So a couple of the big things that we've actually been meeting on this week since this year's flown by, and here we are. It's December it 15, <laughs> gone. With our fleet is the is the maintenance and the logging and tracking of our maintenance. That's one of our big focuses that we're getting into. we we're, we're going to be totally paperless on our maintenance logs. Come January one, we have uh, three guys in our maintenance department that work on our fleet, and they all know it. They all can log in, enter all their data on that particular vehicle or piece of equipment. What day it was there, what time it was there. Everything they did, everything they need to do, they plug in photos uh, You know, of the condition of something. If they need to, they set up to the notifications on when that vehicle needs to be serviced next. So we will ping them and let them know, hey, this vehicle's coming up for service. Give some time to reach out to that operator, schedule them to come in, down that vehicle for the proper amount of time that they need to spend on it instead of them whizzing in, hey, I, I need an oil change and I got to go. You know, they, they Those guys need. their hands on that to make sure that they go through with a fine tooth comb so it lasts you longer you're more productive saves you money the little check engine light uh, I'm you know that's what I'm calling it on on the IntelliShift where uh, if a check engine light comes on on that piece of equipment and it notifies your maintenance team and they can log in and then it tells them it gives them the code of what it is they know ahead of time Love it. They can, uh, you know, alternator failing. I'm just using that as a guess here. They pull up that vehicle. Okay, it's it's this kind of vehicle. They order the part. They have it there waiting on the vehicle when it shows up. Neat. That's 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 such a cool, cool feature. So that's one of our big, big things that we're, you know, come January 1 that we're really, really deep into. And the next one is getting uh, a lot more familiar with uh, the fuel uh, tracking the fuel integration. You'll uh, understand, you know, maybe we did or didn't mention it, we're only six months into IntelliShift. And so we've got a lot to learn. And there's so much out there that every day your mind's getting blown by this or this. But um, <laughs> we use we use Rod Express or, or WEX, as they call it, and it fully integrates with IntelliShift. So we're getting a lot of that data updated in there because um, the reports that you can run and the data that you can pull up on your IntelliShift For your fuel, with uh, mirroring it with Ride Express is a lot better, in my opinion, than the reports we get from them. No no offense. We love their program. But the way you can see the charts and the graphs and everything, the way you personally want to see it, and you can make it that way, is great. Because I want to look at it one way. My maintenance guy wants to look at it a different way. So we just set it up the way we want to see it. And it just, boom, automatically sends it to you.
0: I love it. That's, I mean, I keep saying this on my podcast. That's why I'm here. When when I was running my fleet, I wanted this one place where I could go to see everything. You know, fuel and maintenance and safety and efficiency and idling and who's stealing fuel and all the things. And and I love that we can do that. And I'm excited that you guys are excited about it. And I love the idea of being able to have each user look at things the way that they need and want to look at things so they can do their specific job the most efficient way and then you as running the whole operation can have your bird's eye view on whatever it is that you know you want to keep your finger on the pulse of it's it's fun so i'm i'm super stoked to hear that things are going really well and some of the future things you guys are working on and i think the last thing i'd love to talk about outside of just the tech which sort of stands out for you in the relationship aspect of doing business with IntelliShift?
1: Well, I'll tell you, it, it's the thing that, that probably the tech, you know, definitely kind of sells you, but it's the customer support. It's that hands down, you know, when you have folks that, you know, are right there at your fingertips, all you got to do is reach out. They're there. I, I do a bi weekly meeting with, with my area guy and, it, and he's here. He's not off in another state. He's not, uh, you know, in another country or whatever. He's here. He's available. He'll swing by. We'll work through issues. He, he'll work with anybody on my staff. Uh, he's always in touch with my maintenance team uh, as all with all the stuff they're developing. He'll take your data. He's like, "Do you have a checklist that you use? Send it to me. We'll integrate it into the system for you." And then, boom! Next thing you know, it, if they've got it in there, but the support that that that's there is. Hands down, the best I've seen, you know, and, and me coming from a service oriented background is it, you know, customer service is where it's at. That's what sells and keeps your customers.
0: Yeah. I, I that is so that makes me feel good about working for Intelligent. Right. <laughs> the more I hear people like you say it's the people and the relationship piece of it. I really do think that's the biggest differentiator for us. And and I too from a service organization. Um, My whole career, um, retail distribution to fleet has all been centered around um, whoever that customer is being making sure their experience is is fantastic and memorable and seamless. And so, you know, I hope we can continue to to be that and do those things um, for Fox Electric and, and certainly for you, Tommy. And then last but not least, gosh, I've loved talking to you. I feel like we could talk for
1: forever. Oh, yeah, we we could do this. We'll have
0: more chances to do this. Um, But you have a lot of experience um, in operations and in efficiency and in safety and in fleet and service. I love to leave our audience with nuggets, right? That just kind of thinking about your career and what advice might you... Give our audience—I mean, on anything, really. Um, whatever you, whatever stands out to you um, as a leader. Well,
1: you know, a, a bit that was given to me one time that I try to hold true, uh, and and this this goes into your personal life, into everything else. And you may or may not have heard it: is surround uh, yourself with folks that are smarter than you. <laughs> yeah. I love that and and because if you if you build your team and your friends and everything around folks like that then you know all you're doing is is bettering yourself Make you know learning and adapting of what you can be what your potentials are you know but uh, surround yourself with that that knowledge that support and that's what's made us what we are is by having all these great folks and all these great positions that make us such an enjoyable place to be.
0: Well, and you you continue, it sounds like, to empower them to uh, be creative and do a better job for the company and bring new ideas. And that's truly how it gets done. So that's great advice. Such great advice, Tommy, thanks. So Fleet Community, gosh, I hope you've enjoyed as much as I have um, hearing um, Tommy talk about what they're doing, his relationship with IntelliShip, some of their future projects. Um, the culture of leadership and safety at Fox—it's um, something we can all take to heart and learn from. So, thank you, Fleet community, for being with us. And Tommy, thank you for your time today. Absolutely. Well, I benefit. enjoyed
1: it. I, I truly enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely. So, if you like what you heard today, you know, like and subscribe wherever you find content. And until next time, like we like to say on the Straight Talk on Fleet, keep it real, keep it safe for Fleet's sake. So, thanks for listening.